Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? Hello. Welcome to Niners Talk. It's Victory Tuesday yes. once again, boys. Yes, yes. 2 and oh. How are we feeling? Oh, well, we're 2 and oh. How How should we be feeling? I think we're feeling pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty Why good. How are you feeling? You know, uh, uh, we are two and zero, so we'll we'll take it at that. So uh, yeah, happy to be there rather than being one and one or zero oh and two. Definitely, so, definitely. For those of you who don't know or might be tuning in for their time, we're a three obsessed Niners fan. My name is John. I'm joined by my brother Tim and my brother from another brother, mother, <laughs> something, Brian. I want to see that genealogy tree. Yes, don't we all? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good. It was a close game, a little closer than the Steelers game. But Tim, overall, just kind of your thoughts on the on the Rams game. Well, I think on our last podcast, I think all of us were suspecting that the Rams team the Niners faced in 2022, this team, this Rams team was going to be much improved. And those suspicions were confirmed. I thought the Rams had a really good game plan. They were attacking the 49ers defense with a very quick throws, quick five-step drops. Stafford was getting the ball out very quickly. The Niners were generating no pass rush in that first half, and that was a concern. But credit the Niners, they made some key defensive adjustments. They started bringing more pressure and blitzes in the second half. You had two key turnovers uh, that the 49ers were able to produce uh, that ultimately led to their 30-23 to victory. And now it's a short week onto the Giants on Thursday night. But um, yeah, I think all of us, as we were chatting before the, the podcast, I, I think we all think this Rams team is a, is a definite playoff contender. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're much improved, as you said. And I think they're going to be this year's Seattle Seahawks. Ryan, what were you uh, thinking about the game? I was probably, you know, watching it, it was a little frustrating in the first half. Yeah, right. They weren't getting any pressure on Stafford. And the receiver, was it Puka Nakua? He was like all world on that game. Yeah, he, Puka he their rookie, he yeah. lit us up. Yeah, the, the the Rams were just attacking, you know, our zone coverage. And and it as as you called it, Tim, making those those really quick throws right after the snap. And then they, you know, they got this guy, Nikul. And and I got to say, I, I think this is probably more Sean McVay's game plan. But tell me that this guy, uh, this rookie, Nakua, wasn't a carbon copy of Cooper Cup. You might as well have had Cooper Cup out there. Uh, I, you know, he's now, he's now set the all-time record for rookie receptions in his first mm -hmm. two games. They were lining him up in the slot. These are the places where Cooper Cup normally uh, lines up in. And I I mean, obviously, the, the guy is talented. He can get open. He can make plays. But McVay just knows exactly how to use them. And they will get Cooper Cup back. And 
that, yeah, they're going to be formidable. Uh, you know, Stafford, again, that goes quick throws. And the 49ers, I, I think they truly believe that they were at some point going to get pressure on Stafford with their front four. But the Rams offensive line was doing a great job. I was tr- watching the game yesterday on a, on a replay, and I was trying to count the bl- number of blitzes in the first half, and I could see only one, maybe two. So they really had the Niners going into the first half, or excuse me, going at the end of the first half. We're just like, okay, we na- we have to get more pressure on staff, or we're gonna have to take some risks. Yeah, I, I think so. I I think the Niners were. I thought their effort against Pittsburgh was about an A minus. I thought their overall grade for the Rams is about a B. They they played a solid game. Uh, There's just a little bit of stuff in there that they were really getting uh, in the first half, especially, you know, Stafford was able to operate. Uh, But they made some adjustments into halftime for the defense and and really held and then then scored some more. But, you know, let's go over our our keys to victory, which we had last week. And the first one, uh, which was one of mine, was we had to put Stafford on the ground. And in the first half, no. we didn't do that. No, and that's no. why that game was tied. Um, it was better. How many sacks did the Niners actually end up having? They had one. It was the Fred Warner sack in, I think, the th- uh, close yeah. to the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and then pressures? Pressures, I want to say, uh, you know what? I don't have the numbers on that. Um, I, I know that they were bringing a, a little bit more heat, as I said earlier, but I don't have the numbers on that one. Uh, but with those, with that, you know, that fifth man coming in, we started to see, you know, we had seen the Stafford that we had seen before where he was getting uncomfortable. The throws were coming out a little quicker than he wanted to. He was getting pushed around a bit. And we know he doesn't like that. Yeah. Brian, what did you also see like in our keys to, to victory that we either did or did well, not Well, you know, I put in the keys to victory. I think we talked last week about Debo. So he definitely... You know, he definitely stood out. He, yeah, you know, he he did some things as a receiver, which obviously we love to see. Um, but he also had that really awesome running, that run touchdown, that rushing touchdown. And he was definitely played much better, or at least they were targeting him more. He was definitely yeah. part of the game plan where he wasn't so much in the Steelers, you know, and always like when Chris Berman on primetime goes, Debo, wow, Debo. <laughs> Sing that one more time. I, I like that rather than your comment. Debo. Whoa, <laughs> Debo. Our next podcast, John Acapella. No, no, it won't happen. Um, <laughs> so, Tim, other keys of victory that the Niners did yeah. or did not do. Yeah, we, we talked about don't underestimate the Rams. We saw their performance in week one against the Seahawks. That uh, defense just shut down Geno Smith in the second half. Uh, but their offense, as we said as well, uh, the offense against the the Seahawks, the Ram offense against the Seahawks, they were firing all cylinders. And that game, honestly, should have been a lot more of a blowout than it turned out to be because the Rams were shooting themselves uh, in the foot. You know, I, I will say this, you know, adversity is part of football. We all know that. We all know that the 49ers are going to be in tough games. Uh, but that's why I think as many in the media have looked at the 49ers and have uh, taking the phrase complimentary football. You know, if your D's not producing uh, the pressure you thought, well, your offense has to step up. Uh, you know, against Pittsburgh, I mean, the defense absolutely shut Pittsburgh down in the first half, you know, every three and out. 
Um, against the Rams, the the offense has to cons- has to consistently score. They did that. They put up thirty points against the Rams. That alone should get you a victory against just about any NFL team. Yeah, I didn't see any letdown. I thought the Niners came out firing. I thought they looked. There wasn't like kind of a lull. You yeah, know, when you see a team that doesn't really come out. Brian, any other keys to victory that you know, we, I, we nailed I was listening or missed? to Matt Mayoko on his Niners podcast, and he he was thinking that this this game he he could see it as potentially it being a loss for the Niners. And I didn't think about that until after he said it because this could have been a letdown game. You know, they had the huge game in Pittsburgh where they just destroyed him on both sides of the ball, and he kind of thought maybe if they came in here. He wouldn't be surprised if they got a lot. I was kind of, after I listened to that post game, I was thinking, oh man, that, that's right. That could have happened here. But I just think, oh, yeah, I just think Easy. overall, um, you know, they played with a lot of intensity, especially, you know, I know it got slid in here in terms of our notes here, but I I really loved that they went for it uh, at the, um, you know, at the first half um, when they easily, easily could have kicked a field yeah. goal. Yeah. And they're obviously playing the, playing the possession game in yeah. the second half. But I, I, I would have, as any coach, I probably would yep. have kicked the field goal. But I, yeah, and let's, uh, yeah, I know. Let's, yeah, let, let's talk about that a, a little more. I mean, let's consider the situation. Uh, you're down on the one, one yard line. Uh, I don't remember what the down and distance was, oh, but there was man. one second yeah. left. And then the previous play, Purdy had thrown, he had tried to hit McCaffrey right in the corner of the end zone and McCaffrey was was uh blanketed so he threw it away and like you Brian I'm sitting there going all right let's yep. get let's get the three points and let's go in yep. and take the momentum and then out comes the off or the offense stays on my first thought is uh I don't I don't know about this Kyle I don't know if this is such a good idea now obviously my opinion changed after they scored but John you and I were talking about this I mean when you think about you know why why wouldn't you go for it? You've got Purdy. Um, you've got two great offensive linemen and Banks and Trent Williams. He ran right behind Banks uh, yeah. to get the mm-hmm. uh, to get that critical touchdown that tied the game. So John, what were your, what were your thoughts? <laughs> what was going through your head at, at, at that time? Uh basically I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, we scored. Woo, good okay. job, Kyle. Good job. I would have done exactly the same thing, never a doubt in my mind. <laughs> I would have kicked. I would have kicked without yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah, um, yeah. That's why. That's why we're not head coaches. I I do have to ask you guys. A... <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, which we're... is yeah, exactly. Which is why we do a podcast. <laughs> but go, go, I'm sorry, but John. <laughs> that's why we're sports pundits, right? Um, <laughs> if if you were the Niners, and this is kind of like back in the day when the Niners weren't so good, but if you're a Rams fan. How deflating must it be to go to the SoFi game and be like, <laughs> "We're we're the visiting team." Yeah, it was a. I mean, the key to the victories we had was Niners South oh, yeah. is going to show up, and and they they did. did. And and Brian, you've been you've been to SoFi, I think, uh, a couple just of once times for the NFC Championship game, or, but or just it, once. Okay, I mean it. it okay. I, I it was probably what two thirds Niners fans I'm going to guess just looking at the at the crowd so it definitely yeah. it feels like yeah it felt like a home game like when I went there an NFC Championship game it definitely felt yeah. like we just happened to be playing not at Levi's but it's a Niners Niners game yeah 
I will say this. I mean, every time I look at that stadium, it just is a place. I, I think they could not have done. I think it's one of the best looking, if not the best look, looking stadiums in the NFL. It is just absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, but as as to the fans, you know, I, I heard Todd Christensen say this one time when the Raiders uh, were playing in L.A. about marketing a sports team in L.A. is that L.A. is not a great sports town. L.A. is a great entertainment town. And that's what teams like the Lakers uh, and I think the Dodgers uh, always understood. But uh, for the Rams, I mean, it is a deflating. I mean, John, as you said, you know, the number of Niners fans. And this is a team that two years ago won the Super Bowl. Yep. And yep. it's what, 85% Niners fans coming into that stadium? That's a little yep. deflating. Some of the stuff on Instagram, it was just crazy. Um, so one um, one that we we talked about a little bit, but was a key to victory that they didn't get it was Bosa still has a goose egg for sacks. I haven't run a mile yet for, for old Nick. Uh, this time last year, I think it was already at three. So I don't know if we're going to be going to kilometers pretty soon uh, or at all. And I, I'm up for the Pepsi challenge, Nick, if you're listening. But uh, what are we thinking about Mr. Bosa? I mean, that was the one thing I think the Myers just didn't do a great job of, especially the first half was getting to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, but Bosa, you think it's just rust? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, possibly. He, yeah, I, he, he's remarked in the media that, you know, he does need to get into football shape. He was signed, you know, a few days before uh, the Steelers. And, you know, I, I think it does take uh, some amount of adjustment to to get it back out there and, and have a few weeks of not only practice, uh, but games. So it, it's not like Madden where you can just say, oh, put this guy in and he, you know, sacks the quarterback 10 times. Um, you know, I was actually just looking it up. He has had um, about five pressures so far, according to um, David Lombardi of The Athletic. So he is getting upfield. Uh, but I also think you have to say, well, la with last week against Pittsburgh, Drake Jackson had a game, you know, of his career. He had three sacks. So uh, they may have been double teaming Bosa and leaving Jackson one-on-one uh, -on -one with, uh, with some opportunities. And in, uh, in the Rams case, yeah, John, as you said, uh, uh, not only, um, you know, he did have some pressures, but it took the Niners blitzing to really get after Stafford. And so we'll have to see what he does in the next uh, couple of games uh, with the, you know, Giants on Thursday and then Arizona after that. Yeah, no, I agree. And we'll, and we'll find out. But let's let's get to stars of the game because actually there's there's the one. Oh, go, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said something. I, I, I was skipping ahead and I apologize to our listeners and to my colleagues for that. Don't do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> I control the microphone. You can control um, the microphone. I'll be good. So, so the um, stars of the game, Brian. Why don't you? I, well, uh, I did say Debo Samuel, so I'm going to stick with him. Um, you know, after a slow week one, um, he definitely played much better. And I, I just, I, I felt like the Niners really went to their strengths. I know they were going deep with like um with CMC, Christian McCaffrey. He had a lot of runs. So they tried to mix it up a little bit with with Debo and some of his runs, like putting him in there. So I just think he 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 showed up and he he showed out. So I I am just impressed with the way he, he got things done in that game. Yeah. Debo. Whoa, Debo. Tim, who's your star of the game? I'm gonna go with the coaching yeah. staff. Uh, particularly Kyle Shanahan uh, to start with. We had talked about 
his call to go for it with yeah. one second left, uh, which tied the game, uh, which was a huge momentum boost to the Niners. But I thought previous to that, the Rams uh, had scored a touchdown. Kyle Shanahan on the Rams drive, he called uh, the last two of the 49ers timeouts. And he ended up giving his offense, uh, I want to say about a minute 40 mm -hmm. uh, to work with, uh, which as it turns out, they needed every, literally every second of that. And I thought that was terrific clock management because Sean McVay was going to run that clock down as much as he possibly could. So uh, kudos to Kyle, not only for, you know, calling those timeouts, but, you know, with the call to, to try to tie it at the end of the game. Also, uh, to the defensive coordinator, uh, those, the adjustments in the second half, you started seeing, uh, Fred come in, uh, Fred Warner come in on blitzes. Uh, we saw Charvarius Ward, although he had at one point Stafford dead to rights and, and, and missed, but I'm not I'm putting that on Ward. I'm not putting that on, on the coaching staff, but. Uh, he started bringing pressures. We started seeing Stafford getting a little bit more uncomfortable. And two turnovers in the second half, I think you can attribute to those defensive adjustments. So those and, are my and two. And Tim, you were talking about that, uh, the coaching staff, like, you know, the last, what, minute 45 when the Niners had their two-minute their two minute yeah. drill. Um, I think that was Brock Purdy's first time ever yeah. doing a two-minute drill with, with the Niners. So he did, you know, that's one thing that impressed me. It could yeah. very well be. So, it's a great point. Well, my star of the game is going to go to Isaiah yes. Oliver. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously he was having some yeah. issues in the preseason. Uh, he wasn't really the starting nickelback, but when he, it's always when you get an opportunity, man, make the most yeah. of it. And I thought he did. He had three absolutely key plays. He had a huge stop, open field tackle, which he whiffed on a lot in the preseason. He did. You know, where basically uh, held the uh, Rams to a fourth down he had the interception although you know right place right time because that the Rams yeah, yeah, guy yeah. should have caught that ball kyron williams uh, but then also then he had that huge stop up in the hole mm -hmm. with the rams running back so i just you know he's been in the doghouse everybody's giving him the you know the shrug like what's wrong with this guy like we signed him and he showed up yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be the starting quarterback because Ambry Thomas yeah. has got a little knee issue. And hey, go out there and do it, especially if you're gonna play that much nickel. I think they play like eighty five percent of their snaps in nickel, which makes sense when you when you're going against Stafford. Yeah, Brian, and, uh, you got another uh, star of the this game. This is uh, Tim's favorite because I know he loves field goals. Uh, our buddy Jake Moody. Uh, <laughs> hey, I. Do you do I you love think goals, oh, especially yeah. do you fifty seven yarders? Do you think they would ever trot out Robbie Gold for a fifty seven yarder? Probably not, right? Yes. Well, yes. I guess to end the game, I think he would. Uh, I, I think they would. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going with Brian. I don't think they would have tried uh, unless out it was like a game ending year, situation. Year it was like goal. one second left. But I don't. I yeah, don't, I don't know. Uh, my my gut says yes. So but you you know we, we're we're all friends here. We're free to disagree he's and not, not hold it personal. David, he's not David Akers. You know, and I know he made like a 60, 60 something yard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Jake Moody made that 57 yard field goal. He had two other ones, I think, in the 20s. And then he had three PADs. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's he's finally found his rhythm. He's nice and calm. He, he understands the game. And he did. I, yeah. I'm just impressed with the way he's he hasn't missed yet since the season started. So knock on wood. This keeps on good. Don't, yeah, don't do that. Going. Yeah. Let's not talk streaks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I got to give a star of the game to the big uglies up front. Yep. Because last week we had talked Colt McKibbins and a little bit of Spencer Burber, but we're like, mm, Colton. And of oh, course, yeah. everybody in the Twitter sphere and the pundit right. universe is like, well, we have all this cap space. So let's get a right tackle. Yeah. Colton did a great job. And I saw Aaron Donald light up over Colton a lot during that game. Well, and I think Aaron Donald had one tackle. He had, he had one tackle. But I, what I was about to ask you, John, is, is when during the game did you hear Aaron Donald's name mentioned? I, I just, just remember, I just, about. yeah, I exactly. just remember seeing him on the exactly. like so, his face. But you also didn't hear much about, yeah. Clinton. So, you didn't, you didn't I mean, yeah, so kudos. Doctor, yeah. So, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the last star of the game, uh, I think goes to Brock Purdy. And this, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised by some of the beat writers. Uh, Kawakami comes to mind. Um, that we're all like, oh, he didn't have Your a very friend. good game. I'm like, oh, what an asshole. And maybe he doesn't listen to us and we don't listen to him. So, not a boo boo. Um, but <laughs> I thought, <laughs> I thought Brock had a pretty good game where he missed four throws. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these guys seem to be like, the sky is falling. He missed these four throws. What are we going to do now? I'm like, he still put up 30 points. Yeah, he did. I mean, you look at his stats. He was 17 of 25 for 206 uh, yards. He had that. He had the touchdown to Debo. He didn't have any interceptions. Yes, he missed on four throws. He missed one to uh, Jennings. Uh, he missed one, yeah. obviously, to Debo. He missed Ayuk. Although I thought the one to Ayuk, I thought that was going to be that was going to be a tough. I thought the I thought the corner had a great angle on Ayuk, and and mm -hmm. I'm not sure that if Ayuk catches that ball, that that guy doesn't knock it out. Uh, again, when I was watching the replay, uh, but look, we we've also seen Brock Purdy last year. Particularly, I remember a, a game against the uh, playing the Buccaneers where he was throwing the ball up and down, right and left. So we know he can hit these guys. I think it's more of you know, he still has only played a small number of games in comparison to his, yeah. his peers. So mm -hmm. I think it's more he and his receivers being on the same page. And, but I think these are correctable yeah, mistakes. And, you know, certainly as, as if the, if, if the 49ers biggest problem is the quarterback missed four throws and the 49ers still put up 30 points. Okay. That's a problem I want to have. So Tim, where do you think the Niners could improve? I mean, we're not, it's not, it wasn't a perfect game by any means, but where are we looking at them for some improvement? I mean, at this one, I think you have to really kind of nitpick a little bit there. You know, the, the, I think for me, the one I'd start with was there were some sloppy penalties at the end of the game, a, a three, in fact, one on a, a fair catch interference. Uh, Jennings was, was, was flagged for a crack back. And I think Warner was flagged for either for holding or, or a face mask. And you'll, you would look on the, uh, they would, they would, the camera would go to Kyle Shanahan and he would just be, he would have this exasperated look on his face. Like really guys. And I think every 49er fan probably is blood pressure starts going up because they're like, can we close out the game? Don't make this like the Dallas game wild card game from a couple of years ago where you did everything 
extra power to make sure the Cowboys had a chance. So, you know, it's that I, I would say that, you know, it, it became um, a foregone conclusion when the Rams were driving and the time was running out that, you know, the Niners were going to win. Uh, but those are some areas um, that I had to to look at. I think for me, it's it's the closing of the game. This has been a consistent theme with the Niners yeah. in the Kyle Shanahan era. It's just like just closing it out and not yeah. doing anything that's done. When we were watching the game with my my daughter was there and it was the last two minutes and we're getting ready for dinner. And she's like, why is this taking so long? <laughs> I'm and like. She- she because they keep doing stuff it. that they shouldn't <laughs> be doing. So yeah, and that's the only my big thing is they just they gotta clean up these dumb penalties and they gotta clean up this the closing of the game. Yeah. Obviously in the Pittsburgh game it wasn't an issue. But this one right. you know, had left there was still enough time for them to pull off a miracle, but they just they just keep shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. Yeah. And at some point you just don't want that, like in the Super Bowl, to just all of a sudden rear its head. No, uh, again, no. Um, and anything else? You- well, no. I was gonna, I was going to continue with that thought because it has been a, as you said, it's been a consistent theme with the four hours of the past a few seasons. And you know, I just mentioned the wild card game a couple of years ago when they played at Dallas, where um, you know the 49ers had every reason just to close out the game, but. You know, Dallas gets the ball back. Uh, that was the game that Dak Prescott uh, famously forgot to hand the ball to the referee and the clock ran out. But, you know, you go back to this that same season, the Cincinnati game where they had him on the ropes and Cincinnati comes back. Uh, there are other games you just think, like, why, why do they keep doing these things? Why don't you just hit the field goal and put the other team out of its misery? But I think that goes to the next point, John, is, you know, CMC, uh, McCaffrey, getting a really high number of snaps. And, you know, Shanahan was asked about that after the Pittsburgh game. And his comment was in regard to the Detroit Lions matchup of a couple years, the opening game of the 2021 season where Niners were up. I don't remember the score, but it was something like 38 to seven. Lions came, you know, came racing back, made it a game. The Niners had to put their starters in. That has, in my opinion, impacted Kyle Shanahan's way of closing a game because mm-hmm. Pittsburgh game, we kept saying, when is, when is Elijah going to come in? When is Jordan and Mason coming? Why is CMC still in this game? And so I think that has really impacted Kyle Shanahan's uh, mindset at the end of these games. And so I don't know if he's panicking. I don't think he's panicking, but I think he's 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 overly tense. Maybe that's the way to put it. Um, when he doesn't take CMC out at a definitely a win against Pittsburgh, the Rams, I can see it a little bit more because mm-hmm. it was such a close contest. But um, you know, there there were obviously going to be other games where the Four Niners may be ahead by ten, maybe ahead by thirteen. And what is? I mean, this is this is actually a place. Um, where I'd like to see a guy like Jordan Mason come in, who is like your relief pitcher, uh, and can close him out because he's fresh. He's a he's a tough, hard hard to tackle back, and he can and he can wear out an already fatigued defense. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I was surprised because I think he played like sixty snaps. Uh, I a just lot. I do have it. He played fifty seven. He played fifty seven. Yeah, it's a lot. On the short week, I really would be surprised if he plays as much i think with new york uh, and the short week and a bye 
we're going to see a lot more split time between the three running backs. But we'll see. Again, it's it's that's always a little bit because he is such a Swiss Army knife, and he's so good. Yeah, that it's like, man, don't run the Ferrari to the ground, dude. Right, uh, right. You know, let let it rest every now and again. Let it cool down. You're just grinding um, metal. Yeah, exactly. And then we've already talked about it, but you know, we missed a few long passes that that mm-hmm. could have broken up the game. But I, those are all correctable. There wasn't anything that just really stood out and again one knock on wood yeah the Niners in terms of injuries have been fairly limited so far um I would not yeah. expect IU this week uh, I think with the mini buy coming up uh, they're gonna rest his shoulder yeah well you never know no so. you never know I I saw and um I know we're gonna get to the Giants game here uh, in, in a bit but I actually I wanted to go back to your star of the game uh, Isaiah mm-hmm. Oliver I wanted to make a comment earlier because of what a significant play that was, you know, as you said, I mean, uh, Stafford, you know, he hit Kyron Williams right in the hands, the ball bounced up, but Isaiah Oliver made a one handed interception and mm-hmm. was, you know, not only was that a great play by him, but you know, that game, the game at the time was still tied at 17. The Rams, oh, had, yeah. the Rams had gone three and out on their opening drive. The Rams were in a position to take the lead and really put the pressure on the 49ers. So, that play by Oliver was the turning point of the game. Um, the Niners ended up getting a, a field goal out of that. Um, but that that was a huge momentum swing because in the Rams, Rams' next possession, they go three and out. Fred Warner gets a sack, and then Niners followed up with a touchdown drive uh, in which Devo Samuel scored. So uh, I wanted to give a little bit more of a shout-out to Isaiah Oliver because that was the turning point of the game. Cool. Any final thoughts on the Rams or else we're going to? Move on to other fun and exciting topics. We're going to have to play these guys again. We're going to have to play these guys again. They'll Um, have. And they'll have Cup. Exactly. It's going to be a game. I think it'll be a little bit like when we faced them in the year they came off the Super Bowl. They lost. Was that 2019? Yeah. Yeah, They went to the Super Bowl in 2018. They stole Jared Goff. Yeah. So I think they're going to be a decent team. Offensive line looks solid. They, yeah. you know, they get Stafford time, and they got they got young guys who were bought into McVay's system, and yep. that just that's going to get you there. So Absolutely. anyway, there's one more thing. There's one more thing, and this is where you know we're going to be a little bit you know snarky about the Rams game. Uh, the 49ers' last regular season loss to Los Angeles was in 2018. I, I just want to put this in perspective. The Rams yeah. were still playing in the Coliseum. SoFi was not yet completed. And Brock Purdy was a freshman at Iowa State. And COVID wasn't even a thing. So it's been a just, while. You, it's been a say. while. It's been a while. Yeah. And it, it, it the streak uh, has continued. But anyway, I think we've talked the Rams game. Uh, let's move on. So we'll go on to my betting results. Of All right. Week two. I know where this was so, going. So <laughs> uh, I was one in three. The only one that I won was the Bucks over the Bears. And thankfully, Justin Fields, even though I really like Justin Fields, threw a, a pick uh, yeah, that sealed I saw the that. game. The Seahawks, the Detroit had the Seahawks number, and the Seahawks got lucky with a Jared Goff pick six because they were coming back, and that, that should have been Detroit's game. And then the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. How does this guy have a job? I Rand don't know. Stanley, 
why do you play man? Why do you play man defense when you're just getting beat like all over the place? I, I just, it's just, he's supposed to be the defensive guy on the team. So I, I got to think about ever betting on the Rams or the Rams. I, I, I have this vision guy. of you. It, it's like that scene in Wayne's world where Wayne's holding Garth. He's going, why God? Why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm picturing you doing that. <laughs> yeah. And then in my survivor pool, I had uh, the Cowboys beating the Jets, which was kind of, I felt kind of bad for Zach Wilson being chased around by Micah Parsons. But yeah, he did. I, and I, I do have to give one shout out. Micah Parsons yeah, is the defensive player of the year right now. Yeah, through two weeks, absolutely. No argument from me. He's, he is just playing lights out. You just, you hope that he's going to have in the Niners Cowboys game on Sunday Night Football is going to be a great game. Yeah. But points to this. We week, have games before that. We have two games before that. Yeah. So I've, I've survived. I'm keeping things going this week um, on my bets. I am looking at the Titans plus three over the Browns. And the reason for this simply is because Nick Chubb going down like he did last night. Short week. Deshaun Watson just does not look like Deshaun Watson from the Texans. No. Um, the Browns just, they have an awesome, awesome defense with Miles Garrett. But they just, their offense doesn't look like it's gelling. And the Titans with Derrick Henry can grind that, that game down and win. Uh, I've got the Lions minus three over Atlanta. Atlanta's two and O. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they haven't really beat anybody yet. I mean, I think they beat the Panthers and they beat, they came back against somebody uh, pretty well. Oh, the Packers. That's right. Yes. But the Lions just look way better. They've got that offense. Jerry Goff's doing a great job. And I think the defense is going to, um, Good after that rookie quarterback. The Raiders minus two over the Steelers. I'm picking the Raiders. The Steelers offense just does not look in no. sync. Yeah. Um, however, Jimmy Garoppolo better watch for TJ Watt. Because if Michael Parton is the defensive player of the year, TJ Watt is not far behind him. No, uh, he is not. And Jimmy did not have a great outing uh, against the Bills on Sunday. No, he didn't. But I just think the Steelers, the Steelers' offense just does not look good. No, not for um, two games, it doesn't. Other than that, I got the Eagles minus five over Tampa. I think Baker comes back down to earth a bit. Um, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown get back on track, and then Carolina and Seattle. Uh, I'm going to do the under forty-two and a half because neither team is really scoring any points right now. So. That other than that, um, I I did bet some other games that I didn't mention here. Uh, I did bet the Niners, which were seven and a half, and, and Sean McVay yes. <laughs> was like, "Oh, he doesn't know the spread. He doesn't know the spread. Motherfucker knew the spread. Come <laughs> oh, on!" So he's whispering his ears like he's like. Spread seven and a half. Just go, I'm just gonna go fuck stick with it to the guy. Fans. I'm gonna stick it to the guy who's sitting in Pennsylvania. That's what it's that's no, what he did. It's he, 
he was sticking it to every Niners fan because all the Niners fans are going to bet on the Niners. <laughs> you know, seven and a half. They're, no, like, I... they're all sitting there in their seat going, oh, man, got a hundy coming. We're going to go to bar. We're going to go to Outback. Fucking... We're going to Applebee's on a date night. Yeah, exactly. What is it? Anyway. <laughs> so annoying. John, John, I will take you to Applebee's. No, it's fine. <laughs> Just... <laughs> like... Or just, you know, somebody was in his headset going, it was seven and a half. You can go fuck them. <laughs> fuck them all. You can't win again. If you can't win, might as well beat the spread. All right. So I won't take it to Applebee's. Take it out back. So unfortunately, Brian has had some technical difficulties and he is not able to do his usual Niners trivia. So this week, since I don't really know as much as some other people on this podcast, I'll I will be providing the questions. All right. And Tim, you will provide the answers. All if right. If you know them. Fire away. All right. Here's question one. This week is against the hated New York Giants for Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. I didn't know they were hated, but that's what Brian has in his notes. All right. Question one. In sure. 2002, the NFC wild card. How many points did the Niners come back to win that game? Oh, that was the epic comeback, uh, the controversial comeback. I think the 49ers were down 24 points. I think it was 38-14. Okay. Question two. How many championships do the New York Giants have, including NFL championships mm. pre-Super Bowl? uh how much for big blue wait so the so the question is uh, how many nfl championships not uh super bowls no how many championships in total oh in total giants have including oh. the nfl championships Ooh. wow we're really digging into the encyclopedia on this well they've got four super bowls uh, they won twice against uh the patriots they beat um uh the bills when scott norwood missed the uh field goal uh, and then, of course, they beat the um, the Denver Broncos uh, in 86. Uh, so there's four there. Um, I'm going to go. I, I think uh, previous to 86, they had not won an NFL championship since 1960. So I'm going to go. Oh, boy. Uh, and they're one of the original franchises. So I'm going to give um I'm going to give them three. So total of seven. OK. What are Pat Summerall or? Why Tittle was part of any of those. Somehow, uh, yes. Tittle, I'm not sure about. Question three. Yes. Where is the New York Giants' first stadium? Where? Yeah, what or what oh, is the New York Giants' first stadium? Very first stadium ever that they played in. That's correct. I'm going to say the Polo Grounds. Okay. Question four. Who is the New York Giants receiving leader of all time? Of all time? Mm-hmm. Wow. That is a, that's a good, that's a tough. I'm going to just, I'm, I, I don't think this is right, but I'll throw it out anyway. I'm going to say Odell Beckham. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. And the last question. Yeah. In the movie, Any Given Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Stone classic. Yes. The engines we need are everywhere. This, this is the one I should get because I've seen that movie like 400 times. 
Yeah. <laughs> I might actually watch it tonight. What was the great Lawrence Taylor's character name? And what does he need to make his bonus at the end of the game? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to say, these are great questions. I don't feel confident about any of them. So kudos to Brian for really digging deep on these. Yep. No. All right. Well, the character's name, I only remember as Sharp. Okay. I don't remember his character's name. I think he needed like one sack and two tackles. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all righty i'll be very curious to see what we come up with here stay tuned to see if tim got all of his questions i may have a goose egg this week i really think i may have a goose egg but we'll see okay all right let's shift gears into the giants preview short week yep playing home opener thursday night prime at least richard sherman will be back and i give there are two players yeah john this is the official home opener the unofficial yes. was last week against uh, against the rams but please but there are two players that i will give mass props to that made the 49ers into a legendary organization and that's Quan alexander and yeah. richard sherman yeah those two guys without them the niners wouldn't be who the niners or today. I agree. They set the tone in the um, locker room and on the practice field from day one in 2019. And I think that's carried over into players like Fred Warner. Yeah. And, and George and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So keys to victory. So Dale Jones yep. had a great week last week. Not so good in the first half. Uh, awful. But the then half. he led the New York Giants back against Arizona. They're down 28 nothing. And they won. Yeah. So, you know, and with the hurt Saquon Barkley. So, you know, kudos to Dale Jones. So, yeah. Niners always have trouble with a mobile quarterback. And Dale yeah. Jones got some wheels. He does. And as you said, I mean, mobile quarterbacks have been a challenge uh, for the 49ers. Uh, where we've seen them be successful is they they have to collapse the pocket, and that's relying on your four down linemen uh, to not get to upfield uh, too fast uh, mm-hmm. and be able to you know not let Daniel Jones escape uh, and pick up that you know that that ten twelve yards that's going to make a key difference on a third down or escape out and make a play. Uh, so you know we're going to see you know what the Niners bring. I I'm, I. I'm willing to bet that Wilkes this week is going to bring a little bit more of a of a blitz package into this game. I think you'll see more of that. He wants Daniel Jones moving when he doesn't want to move uh, and hoping he can flush out, you know, into say, you know, someone like a, a Nick Bosa or, or someone like a, a Javon Hargrave uh, getting pressure up the middle. So uh, if, if Hargrave can really help collapse the pocket, I think that will be a key to the game. And if, if that is the case, the Niners are going to be successful. Do you think Fred needs to be the spy? I don't know if Fred needs to be the spy. He certainly has the capability. I like Fred on blitzes, but I like Dre Greenlaw as a spy more. I think Dre, if he doesn't, you know, if he keeps, and I hate to say this, keep the violence to a minimum. You know, he doesn't try to absolutely destroy Daniel Jones because he's going to get a flag, and we saw him get one uh, against the Rams. Um, I like Dre Greenlaw going after uh, Daniel Jones. I like him a little more. Yeah, but uh, actually, for me, or maybe I'll, I'll throw one out there, Hufanga. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one too. 
That would be an interesting one. He's got the he's got the wheels for it, or at least he's got the foot. He doesn't have the the wheels, but he's so good at closing. Yeah. Um. So I, I'll throw out another key to victory because even though we've mentioned it for the Steelers, we didn't mention it so much for the Rams. Is taking care of the football right now. The Niners are I think plus four in the turnover differential. They are. And yeah, I mean we've got how many did we get against Pittsburgh? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, I'd have to. I'd honestly, let's see. We well, we Tavarius had, Ward had the yeah. Tavarius Ward had the interception in the first quarter. I don't recall off the top of my head uh, how many they've had so far, but um, obviously two well, against the Rams, one at least yeah. one against Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're plus, right? Right. And at the end of the day, we just have to just take care of the football. And I, so far, Brock Purdy's done a really good job of that. Yeah. So. That's how I look at it. And looks like uh, Brian's technical difficulties have been resolved. So, Brian, do you have any keys for victory for against the Giants? Do you have any keys for victory for against the Giants? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with putting pressure on Daniel Jones. Obviously, obviously, we want to see more of that. Getting some pressure from uh, Drake Jackson and and Bosa. That. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, John, I have one more. I have one more key to victory. It's pretty important. Yep. If you score more points than the other team. Yes. We like that. Yep. Never fails. Very good. Never <laughs> fails. <laughs> I think you could replace Chris Collingsworth. <laughs> Thank you. Have I have your endorsement? So, uh, have we heard about Ayuk playing or Barkley playing? Yes. Saquon Barkley is officially out. He has an ankle sprain. He's going to be out the next three weeks. So, it really is going to be uh, Daniel Jones, uh, who the 49ers, I think, have to corral. If they do that, they'll be successful. Given the 49ers' ability to move against, I think, was a pretty good Pittsburgh defense. And I think the way they handle Aaron Donald, I, I think they should be successful against uh, New York's uh, defense as well. And I think that goes to something else. Like, you know, we were looking for more weapons after week one. We got it in Debo in week three. We're still looking for more weapons. I I would love to see Elijah come on the field for a little bit, give yeah. CMC oh, yeah. a bit of a break. And, Kittle. you know, we've seen Kittle a little bit and some blocking, but if we can unleash him, you know, let's start spreading the feet a little bit. Yeah, I, I'd like to see also uh, maybe a little more Jawan. To me, it's like yeah. keep keep putting these other guys on tape, and as you get farther and farther in the season, the defensive quarter is like like shit. I don't know. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know who we're gonna cover. Yeah. So, I mean, with Ayuk, I, I, he did have you know the X rays came back negative. Um, I, I think it's just going to be at this point, the Niners have to make a decision on, yes, he, I think he can probably physically play. It's, you know, how is he going to tolerate the, the, the pain, but football is a long season. You know, we're, we're going to be in our third game of a 17 uh, game season. If you're the Niners, do you push Ayuk to play or do you say, Hey, take this one off. We're going to have somebody else come in and cause we want to keep you fresh. We want to keep you the long haul here. What do you guys I'm leaning about? I'm I'm leaning towards not playing him this week because it's a quick week from su- last Sunday, 2 days ago to yep. Thursday. So it's only 4 days. I'm up to just giving him a break, 
we get 10 days after this, and then he'll be ready for what the October one game against the Cardinals. So that's what I'm yeah. gonna, yeah. trying to think. I, I do have to give kudos to him, but what a baller, man. I mean, yeah, oh, he yeah. looked like he was just not doing so hot and, you know, came out there and, and kept running routes and catching stuff and blocking downfield. So, so yeah, I think, I think Niners have a, a really good chance against the Giants. I think it's going to be a, uh, a good home opener. Yeah, uh, we don't do predictions on this show, so we're just gonna tune in Thursday no, night. Rude away. Did you guys? Did you guys, did you guys cover Eli Mitchell? Like, uh, and what was uh, what was the situation over there? I know he didn't get any carries, he didn't get any touches, but what do you guys? Have? Yeah, I mean that? I, that. According, yeah, well, I mean, they were Shanahan was asked about that in his press conference, and his comment was that he what he did want to get uh, Elijah into the game that he did not intend CMC to carry that much uh, of the load. So I think, you know, same thing with IU. You don't want to drive these players into the ground uh, uh, too early in the season. So I'd expect right. to see where I would expect to see uh, uh, Mitchell uh, coming in uh, to this one uh, a little bit more. And, you know, with the receiver situation on IU, if he does take uh, this game off, you know, this is a chance for us to see Bell. All three of us were really, you know, impressed with him in preseason. Uh, if oh, they're yeah. going to move Jennings out to the other wideout, you know, to see Bell in a slot, you know, this is his opportunity to to, to shine. And not only shine in the home opener, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're trying to make a name for yourself on national television. Um, or if we consider Amazon national television, I don't know if that counts or not. No, yeah, I think it's a great point. Yeah. yeah. So, Brian, so... Oh. We'll move on to our another subject. Not oh. really. What, Tim? I was I was gonna say. You know, I, one thing I also wanted to mention is that you know the last time the Niners played the Giants was in MetLife Stadium. Thank God we're not playing them at MetLife Stadium with that turf. <laughs> They're playing them in Levi's with natural, wonderful, what God intended grass, which is the way football ought to be played. So, so in any case, but yeah, that, that's I, the I last time think was twenty twenty. Go ahead. I actually think that's a key to victory. <laughs> Playing on grass. There you go. So, well, we'll get to one of my least favorite topics: fantasy football. Um. Oh yeah, Brian. Did you win this I, week? I didn't even. No. Come on, man. I have Zach Wilson on my team. Um. So, Brian, I'll. I'll, I'll how'd you do? I lost my my lost my game against. I was playing against uh, Patrick Mahomes and you know the Philly running back DeAndre Swift. So mm-hmm. you know those two alone kind of kicked my butt. I actually also have Nick Chubb, who was my first uh, overall oh. pick, John. So you know he's gone for the year, and yeah. I got so busy on my Sunday morning, I forgot to check my lineup. So I Hopefully. didn't realize <laughs> that Jones. From Green Bay, the running back, Aaron Jones, was not playing. So Uh-oh. I, I, I forgot it. So I, I got basically a goose egg from him. So, yeah, I lost. So, I, um, John, how about you? Where, where did Joe Burrow go? There's somebody. <laughs> I think it's Joe Schmo. Like, what? Where did he go? He, because... he, took his, he took his paycheck and he created a clone. Oh, my God. I love Joe Burrow, but, man... I... He is not helping right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did okay. I, Derek Henry got, did got me some points. The the Yahoo. This is why I don't think AI is 
taking over the world yet. The Yahoo AI engine said for me to start DeAndre Hopkins and bench this other guy who, of course, then went and scored 15 points and DeAndre Hopkins scored like three. So there you go. So yeah, thanks AI. So yeah, my my team that crushes is 0 and 2. But you know, like the Bengals, we're slow starter. I know. It's just together. John, what you need is you need uh Skynet to come in and help you out with your AI. It might also take over the world, but you'll have a winning fantasy team. Hey, that's all that matters. It's all about me. <laughs> yes. So, so Brian. Um, I was fortunate enough to read your questions to Tim. These were hard. Uh, What? And yeah. (laughs) So if you could do us the pleasure of of reading them and Tim will give you what answers he had. Uh, And then we can, uh, we can find out how we did this week. All right. Or how Tim did this week. Yeah. How Tim did. All right. Question number one, 2002 NFC wildcard. Yeah. How many points did the Niners come back to win that game? And which I, Niners pulled down that Giants, quote-unquote, eligible receiver? Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I want to say the Niners came down from I, – I, I would say they were down 24 at one point. Lord, I am trying to remember. I want to say it was like a defensive end, like Chike Okea four. I'll, I'll throw that one out. I don't think I'm right, but go ahead. <laughs> Man, you the brain works again. It was twenty five points. What? Oh my god! Okay, well, I was, I was one off. All right, <laughs> and it, and it was Chike Okafor. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> he, he pulled down what? Rich. Was it Rich Super? I think that's how you pronounce his name. But Rich, I don't Super. remember the guy's name. I think I just remember seeing ninety one out there. I knew it was was that guy. It was Okafor. All right, moving forward. All right, hey, that yeah, counts. Cool we'll give it to you. All right. What's the uh, next question? Number two, how many championships do the, do the New York Giants have, including their championships pre-Super Bowl? Okay, I, uh, four Super Bowls, and I said three NFL titles, so seven. They have four NFL championships and four Super Bowls, so eight total. Ooh, so, all right. Oh, close. All right. 27, close. 34, 38, and 56. And the right. Super Bowl era, you got them, 86, 90, 07, and 11. Yeah. Number three, what is the New York Giants' first stadium? I said Polo Grounds. Correct. Yes, home oh. of the beloved New York Giants baseball team, which is now yeah. our, our, our baseball team, the San Francisco Giants. San Francisco so, Giants, yeah. yeah. Who better friggin' win tonight? Like, can we? Can you win? Like, you got a two-game series against the Diamondbacks to put you back in the wild card. They're just so, they're, this is th- this this. Title of this podcast is Niners Talk. I just want to bring us all back to the point of this podcast. We're wrapping up baseball season. I I can't see John, but I'm pretty sure I know what expression he's giving me right now. Uh, the bird? No. Rolling my eyes. If if yes. you know if if. If it happened to be that the Warriors were playing in the in the NBA championship, I'm sure we would have said something. Yeah, I know. We all know each other well enough that we give each other grief. Like, you know, why you guys like to check my stress level during 49ers games? Because you think it's funny. Did you check it last week? Of course uh, I did. It was off the charts. <laughs> <laughs> that was a win. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Number four. 
is who is the New York Giants receiving leader of all time? I, I took a shot in the dark. I said Odell Beckham. I don't think I'm right. Armani Toomer from De La Salle. Ooh, yeah. De La 96 Salle. to 08, 668 yep. receptions, 9,497 yards, 54, 54 scores, 54 touchdowns. Did he go to Cal? I can't remember. Or no, he went to Michigan. He went to Michigan. I think he went to I want Michigan. To say, yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. But I do remember do remember being at De La Salle. Okay. My last one is the movie Any Given Sunday, the Oliver Stone classic released in 1999. Yeah. What was the great New York Giants linebacker Lawrence Taylor's character name? And what was his issue in the movie? What was his issue? Yep. I thought it was something uh, different. So, okay. So I thought his character's name was Shark. I don't remember what his like actual character's name name was, but he was Shark. I, I thought it was, uh, the question was, and I'll try to answer it, is how much he needed to get his bonus, which yeah. I said was one sack and one and two tackles. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, okay. But his yeah. um, but his issue, I think, was concussion. I think maybe a precursor to CTE. You are very close to that. So it was Luther Shark Levi. So I'll give All you right. that. All uh, right. He had a cortisone addiction, and I'm sure he had CTE because he was nuts in that movie. He needed one sack and three tackles to make his one All million right. dollar bonus All uh, right. during the last game, which he did. But as you remember, he was put on a stretcher. And had to right. It. So, right. There you go. That's it. So, Sam, right. you got. I'll, I'll give you the first one. Thank you. Close to the second one. You got the third one. Question number four. Imani Tumor, you didn't get. But I'll give you number five. So, four out of five. All right. Good job. Okay. All right. Well, that was. I think that's the toughest so far, Brian. So, uh, good job there. But of fair. Course. I think those were all fair. Yeah. <laughs> Not like how much change does Odell have in his pocket? So we'll get we'll conclude as we always do with stuff we bought on Amazon this week. Uh, I went first last time, so Tim, what about you? Anything you bought on Amazon this week? Fancy feast. <laughs> that for you yeah. or the cat? I'll, you can take a guess on probably which one <laughs> it is. Um, you know, there's a hankering for seafood delight. You know my thoughts on seafood, so <laughs> I'll let you do the math. Okay. Just fancy feast. Just fancy face, yeah. Because we also went to Costco, and, well, that took care of most other things. Here's a random question. Does Amazon sell booze? I've never I've never tried. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You make me want to look that up. I don't yeah. Know. All right. Um, Brian, what did you buy on Amazon this week? One of those, what is those raid plug-in lights that's supposed to attract, <laughs> like, fruit flies in your house? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, they have like a, it's like a blue light. So I have one. Mm -hmm. I have one that, that's plugged in for outdoors. But this is some. It hasn't arrived yet. But it's something you can just plug into your wall, and I get. I guess it'll attract the blue light, and then you clean out the filter once every whatever so often. But I ordered some of those, All and right. uh, hopefully, it'll, hopefully it'll arrive soon. Cool. So John, fruit fly problem now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I live on a hillside. And so there's just a lot of bugs flying around everywhere. But oh, I know okay. right now it's getting cooler. So like, um, do fruit flies not go over the hill? It's just <laughs> just this area's got a lot of mosquitoes flying around that side. 
So, gotcha. You know. Yeah. So I bought. This is one of those things that I'm really glad Amazon exists. Uh, two replacement flip lids for coffee stainless steel coffee mugs. So I'm sure, like you guys, we just have a random assortment of stainless steel coffee mugs that we've gotten from mm-hmm. various things over the years. Yeah, Actually, no. I've gone to really. Oh, I got like <laughs> no. Seven of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I must be the uh, on the anomaly in that in that. How front. can you how can you not have one from working at Microsoft and from Amazon? Because I take my coffee in the kitchen and drink it at home, not taking it into no. the car. I just think that's wrong. But but don't they just think <laughs> you're wrong? Like like <laughs> like here's here's your employee of the month coffee crevasse. No, because we're better companies than that. Oh, whatever. We do things anyway, a little bit differently. Do you, do you guys use coffee mugs? Do you guys use paper cups in your in your building? We do not because those are not sustainable. We actually have ceramic mugs. There you go. We switch to. Yeah. Well, I work from home and I have a ceramic. <laughs> there you go. All right. Dude, let um, me ask you. Let me ask you guys something. Do you guys do you guys drink out of certain coffee mugs on game days? No. 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 Okay. We we are really getting into the weeds on this. I drink out of a certain coffee mug because it fits my mouth perfectly. (laughs) There you go. That's all you need. Hey, hey, John, one more thing. Yeah, I can't wait. John, to answer your question, you can look up drinks or alcohol on uh, Amazon, but it's um, via Whole Foods since they own Whole Foods. Okay. There you go. All right. Anyway, so we bought. So. We lost the top of the mugs. So on Amazon, we bought two replacement flip lids for coffee mugs. So we're not just throwing out a perfectly usable stainless steel mug. We've now got a new lid for it. So, yep. Good job. Yeah. So, well, that's it for Niners Talk. I was always. John, joined by my brother, Tim, my brother from another family something that I keep messing up, Brian. This week, we're facing the Giants. We'll be back next week with our review of the Giants game and our preview of the Cardinals game. And then the Cowboys. One game at a time. One game at a time. That's true. Peace out, Niners Nation. Go Niners. Let's look for another victory Tuesday next week.